welcome to Equip to Care, a podcast featuring the members of Equip, an online membership community of counselors, coaches, people helpers, and ministry leaders. We know that you care about your work with hurting people, and that's why we're here, sharing insights, hope, and opportunities from people helpers just like you. Each episode, our members will share insight to encourage you and expertise to impact your own work. We hope that this will build confidence and competence in order to make a real difference. Enjoy this episode of Equip to Care. And welcome back to Equip to Care, everybody, as we continue our discussions with Equip members, learning more about their ministry and ways in which they can serve you. Our guest today is Tabitha Westbrook. Uh, Tabitha is a licensed professional counselor and also a supervisor who works with a variety of clients as well as oversees other counselors who work with folks from children all the way up through adults and couples and uh, she's a dear friend and a an exceptional counselor, and we're so glad to have her as part of Equip. Tabby, welcome to the Equip to Care podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> we are so thrilled that you're here, and we have a a good discussion today. So I just gave you a quick intro. Could you fill us in a little bit more about some of the ways in which uh, you serve folks and your counselors serve the community? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a great practice in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and there are five of us. So we have three uh, full-time staff members and two interns that uh, see people all the way from kids all the way up to adults. And we specialize in domestic abuse and coercive control. So we really kind of dive in deep with that. We work with churches when we're given that opportunity to help them respond very well. And we believe that not only do we need to do a good job of following Jesus, but we need to be clinically excellent. So all of our team is trained in either EMDR or brain spotting or both of them. And we make sure that we give the best trauma care possible. So we don't just say we're trauma informed. We are actually trauma specialists. And that is something that is really important and really vital to what we do with people. That's one thing I've really appreciated about your ministry and your uh, counseling work has been this balance of scriptural knowledge with uh, clinical integrity. And I know we were, we were speaking in the great state of Texas not too long ago. And uh, I was just thrilled is my word, I guess I would use just to hear you unpacking scripture as you were just discussing cases. <laughs> and that's one thing I really appreciate about uh, Tabitha, everybody, is uh, she's not just trauma-informed. She's scripturally informed and uh, has a great deal of trauma expertise. Yeah. And so we love the fact that you love the scriptures and hurting people. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit um, about uh, DBT. Can you unpack that for some of our listeners about what that is and then how that plays into some of the specialized care that you offer. Yeah. So DBT, for people who don't know, stands for Dialectical Behavioral Therapy. It is a subset of CBT or Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And it really looks at how we function in this world. It kind of has four main pieces to it. 
And we're going to talk about what those four pieces are and why they're super important and amazing and awesome. But what I want people to know first and foremost is this is just how to be a decent human being. So these are super practical skills that line up with scripture that help people be I, I like to joke and say it's adulting 101. Um, you know, this is how we actually work and play well with others and, you know, keep ourselves in check and don't get all super emotional and messy and stop using our, you know, thought brain parts and all of that good stuff. And that is vital to how we care for others because we teach our clients these skills and they help our clients really start to take hold of their thoughts and not be run by things that they don't even know are on in the background. So I don't know if you've ever been looking at your phone and been like, why is the battery just like dying? What in the world? And you realize like there's 736 things running in the background and it's just sucking the life out of you. DBT is the human equivalent of closing some apps and not letting them suck the life out of you. So you have more energy, you're less anxious, you're not as depressed. It helps with ADHD. Like there's like, it's all the things. And they are a great basis of skills, particularly for survivors who are struggling to make sense of what happened to them, the things that they feel, all of that stuff. And it's even really excellent for perpetrators. I've used it with tons of perpetrators and helping them understand, like, just because I feel it don't mean I have to act on it, you know, and just because I thought it doesn't make it actually true. Like we can figure those things out together. And I think that's one of the beauties of it is it's just such a broad application and it doesn't matter. You don't have to be like super struggling. You don't have to be um, having some sort of really strong mental struggle or breakdown or what have you for these skills to be amazing. I honestly wish we taught them in high schools if I'm being honest about the whole thing. Man, I love that. I love the concept. And even as you're talking about victims and perpetrators, it's sparking a lot of thoughts in my brain about this closing down some of the apps, because I know my work with perpetrators, so many competing forces for their attention and so many thoughts and insecurities and fears and, and distractions. Mm -hmm. And I know the same is true for individuals who suffered trauma, who are operating on high levels in, in multiple sections of their brain and their body. And it does seem like having just the ability to process things individually, shut a few things down, would create a lot of freedom for discussion, counseling, and I think even as you're talking about perpetrators, accountability. Absolutely. And it, the other cool thing about DBT is it's really well researched. So not only is it really good stuff, but it's really well researched to do what we say that it does. And it's something that is easy, not, it's not necessary. It, there's simple concepts, but they're not always easy to implement, right? Because we're humans and some days nothing is easy, but it's such a great paradigm and it lines up so well in so many ways with scripture. There is one piece of DBT that doesn't, and I just don't teach that part. Right. <laughs> and so we, we just chuck that piece. We don't need it. <laughs> Can you walk us through some of the basics and then their scriptural counterparts? Absolutely. So there are four main pillars to DBT. So when we're talking about the skills, so just for, if anybody listening is a therapist, then they may be familiar with DBT like programs. And I'm taking a subset of that. So a full DBT program is going to have skills training, individual counseling, uh, coaching, 
availability. And then the therapist is going to be in a consult group. So we're talking about one quarter of a full DBT program, and that's the skills. And any practice anywhere can teach the skills. You don't have to run a whole DBT shop um, in order to be able to teach clients the skills or, you know, or even to have someone come teach them in your church, do a train the trainer kind of thing. So the four pillars that are in the skill set, the first one is mindfulness or mindful connection. And what that really means is just being present in the present moment and not like running your life on autopilot. There's a lot of information out there and research that says that our personalities and overall way of being is formed around the age of seven. So if you're not mindful and in the present moment, your seven-year-old is running the show. I don't know about you, but I was not that amazing at seven in terms of running my life. So being able to be present and locked in is good. And also it gives us the ability then to focus on the Lord. So when we're looking at mindfulness skills, I think that they can get a bad rap in the church in particular, because people think Eastern mysticism and all of that. But if you look at the Psalms, how often does it talk about meditating on the Lord and orienting yourself to the Lord? Like that is from end to end in scripture of focusing on our God, right? And these are skills that help you focus and that orient you to the Lord. And that is just incredible stuff. And I don't know any Christian, I mean, unless you, you know, don't take your faith seriously, I suppose, but like that wouldn't want a closer relationship with God, wouldn't want to put their focus on him and learn really practical things to do that. You know, when David, like, you know, I set my face towards you, like, That's just beautiful. And these are skills that help you do that amongst other things and just be more present in your life. So present for yourself, present for your families, your kids, your spouses. You know, we will assume that not everyone listening to this is in a difficult, abusive relationship, right? right? We hope that we never, like, I know you and I, Chris, want to work ourselves right out of a job. That would be amazing. (laughs) So, so that's the first pillar. And then the second one is distress tolerance or stress and crisis management. And this is what to do when it all hits the fan. So what happens? How do you respond and be the person that you want to be when you're like, oh my gosh, this is a crisis. What am I going to do? Holy Toledo. And all of your emotions are high and everything is happening at once. How do you walk forward in a mindful, healthy way without making things worse? And this is key for so many people. When we get activated, we have all these urges and thoughts and what are we going to do with this? And we want to take actions. And if we don't know how to moderate that and deal with it in the moment, we can make things a hot mess. And I think this is a wonderful skill for pastors to learn in particular, because you guys hear such hard things. And what are you going to do when a woman comes in and she's super dysregulated, which means all her feelings are all over the place and they're falling out and all over you. What are you going to do with that and and help her without panicking yourself? Right. So this is an amazing set of skills for pastoral teams to learn. And then the third area is emotion regulation. So how do we manage all the feels? And God has lots to say on all of these things, right? How, how do we, first of all, acknowledge that we have feelings? So many people vilify them, particularly within the church logic and rationality 
are lauded more so than feelings. And while I definitely don't think anyone should be run by their feelings, because feelings are not always facts, we absolutely should feel them. And the story I love to tell on this that is one of my favorite biblical examples is the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept, right? right? If you can't memorize that one, I have worries about you, but it's in the book of John and it's beautiful because Jesus knows what he's about to do. This is when he's about to raise Lazarus and he's already then told the disciples several verses earlier, like, y'all, here's what we're fixing to do. And the disciples are like, oh, you know, he's asleep. And Jesus is like, no, he's dead, y'all. Gosh, I'm so glad that it happened so that you get to see the glory of the father. So they go and all and you know, Lazarus, his sisters are broken and weeping. If you had been here, Lord, our brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus wept with them. And he was 100% God and 100% man. And he felt emotions. And that's just one example. We could talk for at least a solid hour on sure. some other ones, but we don't have that kind of time. So, you know, being able to acknowledge our emotions, know what to do with them. And when we need to know how to shift them. Because just because you feel it doesn't mean you have to stay there. There's all kinds of ways to address that. And especially for folks who are just learning to feel the survivors that we work with, they may have had to like hold it close to the vest because of the abuse. And so now they're just learning how to feel or they're trying to tell their pastor and their feelings are like all over creation. And we just, and they don't know how to like, like, moderate them well, but these skills can help you do that. And then the final one is interpersonal effectiveness, or my favorite way of saying it is how to work and play well with others. And this is how to have healthy relationships, how to get rid of relationships that aren't healthy. I think that sometimes we forget we are allowed to end relationships that aren't healthy. And this is, you know, godly, wonderful ways to do this and learning how to talk through like, how do I ask for what I need? Right. And, and they're both survivors and perpetrators don't always have good skills on that, to be honest. Right. Perpetrators are like, you will do X, Y, Z. And it's like, wow, bro, there's like a way better way to ask that. Like, how about you say, like, when this happened, I felt this way. It hurt my feelings. I'm feeling hurt, sad, scared, like using emotion words, which is where that emotion regulation piece comes in really handy. Cause if you're like, I don't know what I feel that 100% tells you how to figure it out. And then you like learn how to like treat others well, the way that the Lord would have you treat them. And you learn how to say, Hey, this relationship isn't healthy for me and it's not going well. It's not healthy for either of us, right? A toxic relationship is not healthy for either person. Either some things need to shift or the relationship needs to end. And that brings you into that place. It also helps survivors talk to their churches about what's happening for them in a way that is easier to hear and understand so that it's more concise. You know, when you've been suffering for sometimes decades, it can be incredibly difficult to distill it down to, here's what I actually need your help with. You know, here's what I'm asking for. And so teaching these skills and learning these skills can only be a benefit to literally everyone and also to pastors to say, Hey, here's what I need from you. Here's some questions that I have, right? Like dealing with your congregants, isn't a sermon. It's a like boots on the ground relationship. And the more that you can do that, the more that you can have healthy relationships as a pastor, the more your elders can have healthy relationships. Like how rad is it? 
when you can sit down with your elder team and y'all can be like real and raw and like get in there together and know that you can trust each other and that everybody's going to do their best to communicate. It's beautiful stuff. That's fantastic. I kind of want to, I kind of want to go through uh, the process myself. Um, but I think you're right on. And, and I think the scriptural parallels are so telling, you know, having a mindfulness of God's presence having a, a real recognition of his faithfulness as we go through crisis and stress, like a 1 Corinthians 10, 13 type of model that we can engage in, having an understanding of his ourselves as image bearers, that we emote because God emotes and there's real value and healthy emotions. And then his mission is all about interpersonal relationships as people who are ambassadors presenting reconciliation and our relationships with each other are so central to our relationship with God. This is super mm-hmm. helpful. I'm learning a, a great deal. I want us to hold on to this thought because I want to come back and learn a little bit more how we can put this into practice and engage with you. But I also want our folks, uh, listeners to hear a little bit more about Equip. We'll return to the Equip to Care podcast shortly. If you've been benefiting from what you've been hearing on the Equip to Care podcast, and I've got good news. The guests on the Equip to Care podcast are part of an online membership community called Equip. It's a community that was founded by myself and my good friend, Leslie Vernick. And we meet with our folks monthly. We discuss cases. We talk about frustrations. We equip and help each other become more confident and competent in people helping. And we would love for you to be part of that group. If you'd like to learn more about joining Equip, would you just take a moment and visit chrismoles.org slash equip, chrismoles.org slash equip. And now back to the Equip to Care podcast. And we're back with our guest, Tabitha Westbrook. She's been walking us through DBT and all the benefits of that system. And we hope that you will investigate that a little bit more. Tabby's part of our Equip membership, and she's a valued member and a, a great resource for us and for others. And speaking of resources, what a segue. I'm a master of segues. Uh, Tabitha has a resource that we want to make you aware of called Taking Every Thought Captive. Can you talk to us a little bit about Taking Every Thought Captive, how it's delivered, and uh, what it can offer? Absolutely. So, to give a little bit of context to the title, I've been a Christian a long time. I'm the daughter of a pastor. And I don't know how many times I've heard sermons where it's like, you need to take every thought captive with 100% zero actual ways to do that. So I always was sitting there going, okay, cool. That's great. But like, how? And so this course is the how. So we were just talking about dialectical behavioral therapy and faith. And this is the faith-based DBT course of your dreams. And we go through all four pillars if you do the whole course and walk you through practical skills on what it looks like to take every thought captive and also how to orient your heart toward the Lord in that space, right? This is not take two verses and call me in the morning because I just do not think that is useful. Um, I love the word of God. You know that, Chris, and read it voraciously. I've literally read through it every year for the last, I don't know, I'm on year 22 now. Um, but go read more, pray more, pull up your bootstraps more is not effective Christianity. So there needs to be that practical piece of the, how do I do this? 
how do I walk this out so that my life is different? And one of the cool things about this stuff, because it is super well-researched, there's a ton of evidence that it reduces depression, anxiety. It helps with ADHD. You know, it can help with all these different things that people struggle with. And our faith communities are not immune to anxiety or depression or feelings or not necessarily knowing how to approach someone else, especially if you are maybe one of our younger listeners who's like in your 20s. It can be really hard. How do I approach other people? How do I have this hard conversation? And especially with the pandemic of the last couple of years, like we've kind of lost the ability in some ways to talk to each other. And these skills really help you with that. Well, absolutely being rooted in scripture. And we even have a whole incredible lesson on lament. I understand that most people would think that that's a terrible idea. That does not sound like a good time. I mean, my version of a good time is somewhat sus sometimes. However, (laughs) it is such a beautiful practice to really learn how to lament. Like if you actually look at the Psalms, there are more on lament than there are on other things. There's a whole book in the Bible, brace yourselves, called a lament. Yeah, I know, riveting. (laughs) So this course is really designed not only to help you grow your faith, but to grow skills and what it looks like to take every thought captive and really set your mind on things above. And it's going to have a lot of really super practical benefits. It's going to benefit you just in how you live your life. I've had clients like straight up. And again, this is not medical advice. Please seek your doctor. But I've had clients be able to get off their blood pressure medications because their physiology changed. And that is some wild stuff. And that's awesome. I mean, just thinking about the opportunity um, I want to encourage every listener, if you are resonating with what you're hearing here on the Equipped to Care podcast, let me encourage you to engage in every thought, taking every thought captive. Tabby, how can people find out more about this digital course and how can they, how can they purchase that? So they can head to my website. It is tabithawestbrook.com. So that's T-A-B-I-T-H-A. Westbrook, W-E-S-T-B-R-O-O-K.com. And Tabitha is spelled like it is in Acts 936, because that's what I'm named after, in case you were wondering. <laughs> Not bewitched, I hear that a lot. <laughs> I hear it less though. Younger people don't know what that is, so it makes me happy. <laughs> but but I'm definitely named after Acts 936. So TabithaWestbrook.com has every piece of information that you could ever want. Also a way to reach out and contact me if you have questions, want to know more about the course, just want to have an amazing conversation about Jesus. Like I'm down with all of those things. I also do training for um, counselors. I actually just got back from Houston doing a training for a play therapy practice on using DBT with kiddos and especially kiddos who struggle with um, pretty hard thoughts, like suicidal thoughts and things like that. So we uh, got down and dirty in the trenches and, and worked on that with them. So the course is taking every thought captive. You can find out more at tabithawestbrook.com. You're going to want to get a hold of this material, guys. And maybe more so than that, you're going to want to connect with Tabitha. She's a hoot, as you can tell from the podcast, and just a joy and a friend. We are so thankful for the work that you do, Tabby. Thank you for being part of Equip, uh, the, the membership, and then also being part of the Equip to Care podcast. My great pleasure. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you guys for listening as well. We'll see you soon.